the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. May His grace and His blessing be with us now and unto the age of all ages, amen. I greet you, dear brothers and sisters, on this, the first Sunday of the blessed Coptic month of Tuba. And as you know, Tuba is one of the 12 Coptic months in our calendar. And like the other 11 months, it has a very specific theme. The previous month in the Coptic calendar was the month of Kiyak. And the theme in that month was the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in the flesh and the events that led up to his birth, to his nativity in the flesh. And now that we have celebrated the feast of our Lord's nativity, we now turn our focus to how God revealed himself to the Gentiles, to the Gentiles, the people who were not born of the Jewish nation. You will remember that in the Old Testament, in ancient times, God first chose the Jews, the Jewish nation, to be his people. But it was always the will of God that every nation, every tribe, every country, every people should be his own chosen people. And so God revealed himself to the Gentiles and he called all of the Gentiles to be his people. And so the theme of this month of Tuba, as we're going to hear in the next three Sundays, as well as today, the theme is the calling of the Gentiles to be the people of God. And in today's gospel, which came from the gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 2, verses 13 through 23, we heard about our Lord Jesus Christ's flight to Egypt as an infant in order to escape Herod. Remember that for many centuries, Egypt was a pagan country that did not worship the one true God. Instead, the ancient Egyptians invented their own gods like Amun-Ra and Osiris and Horus and many others. And our Lord Jesus Christ as an infant traveled to Egypt accompanied to his mother and the holy Joseph because an angel warned him that King Herod of the Jews would seek to kill the child and, and, and destroy him. And Joseph took the child and his mother and fled to Egypt by night, and they remained in Egypt until the death of King Herod. And in the meantime, Herod, when he understood that he was deceived by the wise men, he ordered a terrible massacre. He killed all of the male children around Bethlehem who were two years old and younger. And that was his plan, of course, to kill our Lord Jesus Christ. Since he couldn't find Christ, he would just kill all of the children in a terrible massacre. And after this massacre and Herod's death, the Holy Family returned to Israel and eventually settled in Nazareth. And today, with God's grace, let us meditate on why our Lord fled to Egypt and the lessons that we can learn from his flight to Egypt. First of all, our Lord Jesus Christ fled to Egypt in order to call the whole world to himself. The Coptic month of Tuba is about the manifestation of the kingdom of God to the Gentiles. 
And this begins with our Lord fleeing into the pagan country of Egypt in order to bring the kingdom of God to this pagan country, Egypt. Our Lord came into the world to call all peoples and all nations unto himself. And this is why the Holy Father, Saint Athanasius the Apostolic, he teaches us that when Christ was crucified, he was crucified with both of his arms outstretched. With one arm it was as though he was calling the Jews, the first chosen people of God, and with the other arm it was as though he was calling the Gentiles to himself, but all peoples were called by Christ as he was crucified on the holy wood of the cross. And we see our Lord calling many people unto himself in the land of Egypt where he performed many miracles while he was still an infant in swaddling clothes. His presence in Egypt and the many miracles that he performed there caused many of the Egyptians to believe in him. And so we can see our Lord's flight into Egypt as a missionary trip. It was his first missionary trip, which he did almost 70 years before St. Mark would come to Egypt and convert the rest of the Egyptians to Christianity. But our Lord himself began the conversion of Egypt when he fled to Egypt as a child. Second, our Lord fled into Egypt today in order to destroy the pagan idols of Egypt and convert the wickedness of Egypt into righteousness. Whenever we read about Egypt in the Old Testament, we see that Egypt once represented sin and slavery. Egypt was a place where the righteous lived as foreigners, as the Lord said to the Jews, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Egypt was the place where the righteous were slaves, as the Lord said, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And so Egypt in the Old Testament was not a land that was hospitable to the righteous, but it was a land of wickedness where the righteous were strangers and slaves. When our Lord entered into Egypt, however, this wickedness was transformed into righteousness. Through his visit, he destroyed the pagan worship that had existed from early times. An anonymous writer from the early church teaches us that we should not consider our Lord's flight from Egypt as his escape from Herod, but rather our Lord came into Egypt so that he could do battle against the demons and the idols that existed in Egypt for many centuries. In other words, he did not go to Egypt to escape from Herod, but rather he went into Egypt so that the pagan gods and demons of Egypt would escape from him. This is why the holy prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah, spoke about this when he said, See, the Lord is riding on a swift cloud and comes to Egypt. The idols of Egypt will tremble at his presence, and the heart of the Egyptians will melt within them. 
And we know from tradition, of course, that indeed, when our Lord entered into Egypt, many of the symbols of idol worship literally crumbled before his face. This is why in many of the icons that we have depicting our Lord's flight into Egypt, you will see in the background some stone idols crumbling from before the face of our Lord Jesus Christ, because that's what he accomplished when he entered into Egypt. So our Lord entered into Egypt so that he might put to flight the demons and the evil spirits that existed in Egypt from ancient times. And what was the result of this? What did our Lord accomplish by doing this? Again, the Holy Prophet teaches us. He says, blessed is Egypt, my people. This is the result of our Lord's work in Egypt. Egypt, that wicked land that represented sin and slavery and everything that was evil, became blessed by the divine visit of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah would go on to prophesy and say, In that day there shall be an altar to the Lord in the land of the Egyptians, and a pillar to the Lord by its border, and it shall be for a sign to the Lord forever in the land of Egypt, for they shall presently cry to the Lord by reason of them that afflict them, and he shall send them a man who shall save them. He shall judge and save them. And this is why if you were to go to Egypt today, you would see that indeed in the middle of Egypt, there is an altar to the Lord at the monastery of the Holy Virgin Mary in El Muharra. And this monastery is one of the more ancient monasteries. And this church that still exists in the heart of the land of Egypt has existed essentially from the apostolic times. And according to tradition, this church, this cave, by the way, was the site where the Holy Family stayed for about six months. And the child Jesus slept in this cave. This is what our Lord does, dear brothers and sisters. He sanctifies whatever he touches. For example, he sanctified the Holy Cross. Before Christ, the Holy Cross was the worst and most humiliating and shameful symbol of execution. But after our Lord Jesus Christ, we now have necklaces of crosses and tattoos of crosses. And we make the sign of the cross as we leave our homes and come in and before we drive and we take pride in the cross because our Lord took something shameful and by him touching it, he sanctified it. And this is precisely what he did with the land of Egypt when he visited it. And the Holy Father, St. John Chrysostomus, commented on this amazing event saying, while Palestine plots, Egypt receives and preserves the Lord. And why is this such an interesting uh, 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 phrase? It's because Palestine is the Holy Land. So at this time, Palestine was plotting to kill the Savior, and Egypt, the wicked land of, of slavery, was receiving the Savior. Do you see this amazing turn of events? This is what Christ does. He turns things completely on their head. And that's why St. John tells us that the people of the Old Testament in Palestine, the, the Holy Land, they plot to kill our Lord, but the wicked land of Egypt receives and protects him.
So our Lord came into the land of Egypt to convert wickedness into righteousness and to sanctify it. And third and finally, dear brothers and sisters, our Lord fled into Egypt to teach us how we might deal with tribulation. To teach us how we might deal with tribulation. The Holy Family displayed great patience and long-suffering in today's Gospel. While the Lord was still only a baby, there was a plot to kill Him by the King of the Jews. And in response to this, the Holy Family had to flee by night to a distant pagan country. And yet, what was the Holy Family's response? They responded by humility, by obedience, and great patience in the face of this tribulation. And we especially meditate on the amazing virtue of Our Lady, Our Mother, the Holy Mother of God, St. Mary. Because before she conceived Christ, she had never seen anything outside of her hometown. This was a simple, poor Jewish girl who had never seen anything outside of Israel. And all of a sudden, after giving birth to the Son of God while remaining a virgin, she is called to flee by night and go into this pagan country that did not know God. Does she complain? Does she say no? Does she use her human logic to come up with reasons why she shouldn't do this? Or does she rather display obedience and humility and submit herself to the will of God? She traveled a great distance in order to protect her son, not knowing exactly what was going to happen in the future. And in our own lives, we should display the same humility and obedience and patience in the face of tribulations. Oftentimes when we face tribulations, we expect some kind of reward in this world for our efforts and our troubles. But the Holy Mother of God and St. Joseph did not expect any kind of reward in the world, but they were patient and humble because they had faith that the reward would come in the kingdom of heaven. And we especially see this beautiful example come to life in the recent events that happened in Egypt after the horrific bombing at the church of El Botroseya. We saw instead of fear and trembling and complaining and human logic, we saw a whole country, a whole world that embraced humility and obedience and increased faith in the light of this tragedy. And we ask that their example, the example of these holy ones, the holy family, and all of the righteous who have endured tribulation in the right way, we ask that their example be a model to each and every one of us in our lives. Because if we're not facing a tribulation now, in these days, I guarantee you a tribulation is coming. Because our Lord assures us that we cannot live in this world without some tribulation. So the point of any tribulation is not to pray that it's going to go away. That is not the point. That's sometimes the mistaken idea that we have in this world. The point is not to pray that the tribulation goes away, but the point is to pray that God enables us to respond to the tribulation in the right way, with faith, with humility, with obedience, 
trusting that God is using this tribulation for the sake of our salvation and that everything that happens to us in this life, whether good or bad, will be for the sake of our eternal union with our Lord Jesus Christ in the kingdom of heaven. That's how we face any tribulation. And this is the model that we would like to have for the rest of our lives. May God give us this grace now and forever. To Him be all glory with His all-holy Father and the all-holy Spirit now and forever and unto the age of